great day, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to the Strategic Possibilities Show, where we discuss success and growth to help you launch potential in your personal and professional life. My name is Emmett Ferguson, and I am your host. And today, I have the fortune of being able to interview uh, Mr. Paul Ford here. And Mr. Paul Ford is an actor in Hollywood, and uh, he was inspirational to me. I had met him on a Facebook group some time ago and noticed his story and how passionate he was about uh, being an actor and all the different work that he did out here. And uh, Paul, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, I am a Hollywood disabled actor or actor who with happens to be disabled, how I look at it. So I've been in eight feature films, mainly horror films. I've done some producing as my own web series. And um, I've done a couple uh, web, I've done a web show. Uh, well, not web show, I guess it was a web series with uh someone else producing it and directing it i'm a comedian actor wow sometimes yeah <laughs> that's great and you've done so you've done eight feature films and a feat getting into a great feature film is a dream for so many people across the country i imagine and you're, you're doing tons of web projects so right. about this upcoming year, do you have anything already lined up or are you in the process of researching I'm, new projects? I'm submitting myself on a daily basis. So um, right now I'm also focusing on advocating for people with disabilities uh, in, the, in the film industry, television and film industry. Um, I started a group with a fellow actor. You probably have seen her. It's in quite a few stuff. Her name is Eileen Gruba. And what we do is we um, are trying to find ways to help other disabled actors bring their A game when we go into any, uh, an audition. Um, our auditions are so limitless or limited, mm -hmm. I should say. And so um, we want to make sure that when we do get called in for a role, that we're actually 100% and they can't say no, basically. So what I do... I was at a USC event um, sometime last year, and there was a gentleman there who had a foundation where he was a blind composer. And so what he would do is, is he started a foundation where they actually um, would supply equipment for other disabled composers so that they can break into the film industry because it's such a costly industry. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought, well, that would be a brilliant way for – uh, something brilliant like that should happen for disabled actors where, um, you know, we're having to pay for headshots, demo reels, uh, tons of websites that we have to, not tons, but there's about four, three or four main websites that you have to submit yourself to if you don't have an agent. I, I am lucky I do have an agent, but I still submit myself also. And I have a manager, so I'm lucky in that aspect too, who's constantly networking, trying to find people our casting directors and say, Hey, the next thing you're, you're, I see you're casting this. Have you looked at my client? Um, it's all about exposure, I guess. But what I did was I went to her and I said, this is a brilliant idea. And so we started doing about, about bi-monthly workshops um, to where, you know, we offer free. The first one we did, we offer free class and free headshots. And we had a motivational speaker come out and, you know, talk about how, how encouraging it is that we're trying to do what we're to change the Hollywood scene. 
the film, television and film industry. So, right, and changing the industry, I imagine, can be a very difficult <laughs> when working with disability for for various reasons. Um, so, looking at so looking at the concept of disability, mm-hmm. is, is there a specific type of disability that your organization or the projects that you're working on uh, works with, or is it just the, the full range and what it's is the, yeah, it's the full range. I mean, there's no, we're not, I mean, we're for everyone. I mean, it's all disabled actors. There's tons of, of disabled actors in Hollywood, but they're just not getting called in. And there are some really talented people and they're just not getting the calls in, getting called in to do the audition. And I mean, the only time I get called in is if they're looking for a little person because I happen to be under four foot tall or someone who's in a wheelchair because I happen to be in a wheelchair. My, my thing is, is in, and our thing is, is that if you're a disabled person, you should be able to go in. Like, for instance, I could go in as a role for a lawyer. I could apply for, you know, I could, I could audition for something like that. And then I could just be a lawyer who happens to be disabled, not a disabled lawyer. Does that make right. sense? That does so, make sense. So what, we're, what I'm trying to do, what I'm personally trying to do, my goal is and what Eileen's goal is, is you know what? We can do those roles because those are jobs that we've done. Some of us have done. I was a financial advisor for 15 years mm-hmm. um, be- before I decided to go all in is what I call it and do what I had to do. And so 2016 I became a full-time actor and said I'm going to do this and I'm going to make it happen no matter what and I'm not looking back personally and but my goal is is to say you know what then if why does every freaking car commercial have to be a a six foot tall you know gorgeous looking dude why can't it I buy a car I've bought cars before you know why can't I be in that commercial selling your car and I'll tell you why is because society doesn't know that that can happen, and the way that com- where that comes from is the television and film industry. They don't know that that can happen because the television and film industry hasn't shown that that can happen, and that's where that influences society. So that's right. Me. Yeah, and looking at that, uh, there's def- definitely influences on, on society, as you mentioned, and the commercials television film i mean this industry has a huge influence on society i believe exactly and just just wondering because when it comes to commercials you mentioned commercials um car car companies that do commercials i imagine that it can be difficult to get on those commercials because they're all looking for very very specific oh yeah and you know sometimes they want so specific it's like they want a dancer who's over six foot tall who owns the car of the company that is you know selling it or and that there has to be they also have to sing and well you know a lot of times what they look for i mean i just was looking at you know i don't want to name the name but i was just looking at a commercial where he has to be handsome and six foot one well that's the only people that buy cars right oh so you're you're your perspective is from the idea, not so much of the casting as much as it is the perception of what the customers well, really are. Well, the ca- that's where it starts, though. I mean, it's because of the casting, and that's who you know. That's who. Oh well, if you if you, I mean, you have to think about it. I mean, that's just the, the way it looks. Oh well, that good-looking guy gets going to go buy that car, and he'll get to date that hot girl. So I'll be able to go buy that car and date a hot girl myself, mm-hmm. or vice versa. That hot guy is going to drive that car as a girl or whatever have you 
it's just you know the way I look at it is 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 it TV and it, it influences so much, so they're the ones that sets the standards in society. Yeah. So my job is is a, as an actor is to show well, well you know what there's other standards out there and I'll give you an example. I have a daughter who's 17 years old, and when she was first born, she has the same dis bone disorder I have. And when she was born, there was a, a treatment that was being done um, to help her, but it wasn't approved in the United States. So we went to Montreal. We would, send, we would take her to Montreal. The first time I was there in Montreal, there was a six-year-old boy sitting there, and I was holding my daughter. She was six weeks old, and this um, six-year-old son boy looked at me who had the same disorder that I did and said, oh, my God, he's a dad. Oh, wow. And he was amazed at that. And the reason he didn't know that that was something that he could do wasn't because of, you know, probably his parents weren't telling him he couldn't be a dad. But it was just the fact that he didn't see that as a norm because there's nothing on television. There's nothing on film. There's no there's nothing that shows that as being the norm. To me, that was normal. I was I'm a dad. Right. I've been, a you know, a dad for 19 years now. And so. <laughs> well, congrats just, on that. Well, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I got you know two girls, so I don't know if it's a congrats or my condolences. <laughs> <laughs> well, who knows if they'll hear this or not? But uh, yes. <laughs> so you travel. So you traveled to Canada, and was it was that like a defining moment of when? You no, but it just it. Well, no, because I mean I've had tons of defining moments for me. Sure. I mean be before I was you know. I mean, I did commercials when I was a kid. I did commercial. I did, um, you know, I was a professional guitar player where I traveled the country for 50 weeks a year. Really? For, yeah, for quite a bit, you know, a long time, for about 10 or 12 years, something like that. What kind of band was it? Uh, it varied. I mean, it was, you know, it wasn't like anything like nobody famous or anything like that. It was just, I'm going to go play this nightclub. We're going to go play this nightclub. We're a group now. We're going to go travel here. And I've played from, you know, from Alaska to Florida. But, you know, there's there, there, there was stereotypes in that. I mean, you couldn't be a disabled person playing music on the road. You know, I give an example this morning. I was speaking with someone, and, and my example is, is this. Is I was in coming out of Alaska, and my brother's also in a wheelchair in the same height as me, mm -hmm. and we were both musicians. And we came out of Alaska trying to find a job so that we could go back down south, which is where we wanted to go in the first place, or anywhere. It didn't, really didn't matter. but. Okay, so when we come out of Alaska, we wanted to go play. We were coming into Seattle, Washington area. Well, this manager that we picked at that time tells this club owner, oh, well, there are two guys in a wheelchair who want to play your club. And he's like, well, I don't mind it, but the town may, may not like it. And this is the 90s. And back then, you had, to, you, know, you had to take pictures from chest up so that no one could see that you were one, quote, a little person and a wheelchair. Because when you got there, you were under contract, so they – so they're either going to pay you or they're going to, you know, for taking a day off or they're going to pay you and you're going to play. So it's that's just the way it is. And that's how I'm trying to stop it from being the way it is. And that's because of what society has seen from television, from the movie industry, from the commercial industry. So that's me in a nutshell, man. <laughs> I, I hear that. You've definitely overcome many challenges. I mean, I've. I'm sure many people are just too scared to even play in a band, let alone take on those challenges and, 
you know, have to experience some of those, those, those comments or whatever. It's, it's very different. It's, it's not easy. And no, it's not. Well, I mean, it wasn't easy, but it, I mean, I don't regret any of it. I had mm -hmm. fun, you know, I'm paving the way, I guess. For yeah. Somebody no. else, you know, somebody else is going to come up and they're going to, you know, say, well, you know, that guy did it. Why not me? Sure. And looking, looking to today and this, this next year, we just started 2019. Yeah, you mentioned that you're really uh, you're really working on some new projects to to open up Hollywood to uh, the uh, to disabled. You know what is what is that process like? Is it you know you have a few organizations that you work with, or is that? Just I mean, it's 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 you know submitting yourself. You got to submit yourself to casting directors, uh, and hope that somebody was going to call you in and say, you know what, that guy really can play that role. It's meeting with casting directors and saying, hey, have you thought about this or not? And why aren't you thinking about this? Those are the kind of things and showing that, you know, I mean, I've there's there's some really good people within the, the within the casting direct the casting department here in Hollywood. And then there's some, you know, and like last year I, I met with a group at SAG and they were just about 12 different casting directors and they're like, okay, how can we help you to get, so that you can come in and, 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 and audition for us? And we met with them and we, you know, we say, we tell them what we're looking for. You know, it's just meeting you, the right people. What do you mean we tell them what we're looking for? So, um, I think it was I'm about four months ago. Who I'm those sorry. People are, so. um, the casting directors themselves. So there was about, I think it's like maybe 10. I think I can't remember how many was there. There was a group of 12 and some of us were disabled actors and some of us, some of them were, you know, the actual casting directors. And we were listening to, okay, as a disabled actor, what do you need from us so that we can get in the door to audition for you? Oh, that's a great question. Wow. And, and then the casting directors were like, okay, what do you need from us so that we can make it easier for you to get in the door? Huh. So, you know, such things as accessibility. I'll give you an example. Two years ago, I auditioned for a film that's on Netflix right now. I'm not going to name it, but there, you know, when I went to do the cat, when I auditioned for the role, I literally had to pull my own chair up some stairs just to get there. Oh, no audition. way. Oh, yeah. And that's here we are in what, 2019, and I'm still having to do that kind of stuff. That shouldn't be happening. No. So what, you know, and you look at it, I mean, is, is, is disabled actors don't get as many auditions as the average able-bodied actor. Yes. And especially in an industry as tough as it is, you know. It's true. Definitely. But, you know, so, so my goal is, is to, okay, what I'm, with my group or, you know, my starting, the name of the, the Facebook page that I have is called Start Booking with People with Disabilities, PWD. Mm -hmm. My goal is is to hold a class, have some A game teachers come in and teach a class, so that when we do get the opportunity to go in that casting director's door, we are ready and we're prepared and we're we know we have we've given it exactly what they want, and it's their job to take that that person at that point and say, you know what, this guy would probably be really good at that role. Sure. Even even though it's not the ideal role that you, person you thought, but you should at least look at this. And I'm wondering, uh, just to to clarify the, the plug. Um, so you mentioned it was bwd.com. Uh, P, with... uh, it's it's um, start booking. P 
person with disabilities, PWD. Okay, so it's startbookingpwd.com. Uh, no, on Facebook. Oh, on Facebook. Okay, so facebook.com slash startbookingpwd. Right. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, definitely check out that website, uh, whoever is out there and whoever's listening. And, you know, just to understand, because earlier you had mentioned that instead of being a disabled lawyer, you were talking about roles where, you know, there's a lawyer that just happens to be uh, disabled. Right. Uh, so looking at that, what sort of what sort of roles have you have you seen portrayed on television really well that were, you know, out of out of the ordinary or what do you um, mean? So I, I guess I was trying to bring in the, the concept of instead of just putting a disabled person, um, instead of just having a disabled actor on the screen to portray a disabled person, do you have any examples? The only one I could think of is like Game of Thrones, one of the, the lead. Yeah, Peter Dinklage. Yeah, P Peter Dinklage. Um, the only example I could think of is him. But I don't really know how many other examples there are of. Well, I mean, if you just look at it for an example, you know, when you get called in for a role, the role always requires, says, uh, when you're getting called in because you're disabled, it says looking for somebody in a wheelchair. That's either, you know, this person either is in a manual wheelchair or this little person. Um, and it's, but instead of doing that, why not just say looking for a person who can play a lawyer? You get what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? So, oh, so here, so looking at that and, you know, I'm, I'm in the industry as well. And like, when I see some things that I, that is like, okay, six foot one, yeah, uh, Caucasian, I, I Caucasian looking, I don't apply for those cause I'm Asian and I'm not six foot one. And I'm curious, would, do you think there would be, okay. So then here, here's what you can, how you can relate to that. Why? It just says, you know, even even on a racial standpoint, why does it have to be a Caucasian lawyer? Right. right. You know, why does it? Why why can't it just be a lawyer? If you're going in to play a lawyer, then go play a lawyer. Does it? <laughs> right. Does it freaking matter what that person's gender is? Does it matter what? Or I mean, you know, if it's a love interest they want to like do, that's fine. But are you saying that? Asian people and mixed colored people, you know, they, are you saying, you get what I'm saying? They can't sure. have that. They, they can't do that. Right. Or can you say that, Oh, well this disabled person can't have a love interest on, on this show mm -hmm. because that's what we're looking for. We want that lawyer to be maybe a possible love interest for this person. Are you saying that that can't happen? Well, that's not true. It does happen. I was married for 10 years. <laughs> My brother's been married for almost 30. So there you go. So nice. my, my point is, is that, yeah, okay, I, I get that they want like to, you know, I'm not going to go and, and try to uh, and, and be like some superhero, like because they need a built guy that's going to look like Superman. I'm not going to go and apply for that role because right. I'm not Superman and I don't want to fly. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and there's only so many Henry Cavills there are, you know. I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's not what I'm saying is, is the other thing I'm saying is, is. Don't make it an issue because a lot of times it's not the issue. It's you're the one that has the issue. I don't. Mm -hmm. Don't don't make the disability the issue in the film. Don't make that the, the main thing. Just make the fact that that's an actor who happens to just be in a wheelchair or has yeah. a limp or is blind. Are you saying that you know people with limps can't have you know certain things in the film? 
I don't get it. I mean, unless I'm going to be like fighting some really large dude or, <laughs> or, you know, running, can't play speed. I can't do that kind of film. Yeah. Here's a question though. I definitely think with, you know, special effects, anything can happen. Good point. Um, so, so I definitely think there's, oh, there's opportunity for everybody to do just about any role I know, I know there's very specific looks for like <coughs> characters and all that or, you know, and whatnot, but in general, I think there's definitely opportunity for everyone if there's enough things written, which leads me to, um, to the idea. Are, are you familiar with that show on television where uh, one of the leads, he's a student in high school and I think he has cerebral palsy? speechless speechless right and i got to work on that show as an extra and i thought it was so interesting to watch him work and yeah. it was interesting because there was nothing really different like he he was able to understand all the direction and you know every every mark was was nailed and well, yeah why wouldn't he i mean he's an actor exactly and i and i thought that was interesting but what it makes me wonder about is do you know if you know the lack of opportunities out there are they mostly because there's not enough people with awareness that know how to write scripts for disabled people or I think that um that's I mean that helps I mean if you guys I mean I know a disabled writer person who actually happens to be disabled and a writer and he writes for a show that's being played right now mm -hmm. and you know I don't know what his take on it is personally um, but I think that it can start with the writers, but, and I'm not sure, you know, as an actor, I'm not really sure how much an influence they would have on casting. I mean, they can put in there, this person should be in a, a disabled person, or they could write a role for a disabled person. But once again, then you're addressing the fact that that's a disabled person instead of the whole simple fact is that they could be a disabled person. It doesn't really matter who plays that role as long as it's played the way they, they wrote it and who, how they wrote it. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. I do. Do. So, you know, my point is, is I don't want to be considered an, an, a disabled actor. I want to be considered an actor who happens to just be disabled. And so, you know, which that means is that you're, you're going to hire me because of my ability as an actor. You're not hiring me because, of, oh, they, they need to have that diversity and, and that, that disabled person. Well, you know what? When you think about inclusion and diversity, the disability community is the last ones that get caught up, that get brought up when any inclusion there is. I mean, it's the it's the the one thing that that does not have that does not discriminate is mm -hmm. when you're getting discriminated. Disability is the one discrimination that has no gender, no no religion, no color. It it, it doesn't you know it doesn't matter. It's going to affect it. If you're you're disabled, you're disabled. It doesn't matter what color you are, whatever it is. And so it, it, I I just don't know, man. I'm just to the point where I'm just like we have to stop looking at it as oh my God, it's a disability. No, we have to look at it as, oh God, that's a human. Right, for sure. Because, because you wouldn't want someone to go, oh, look, that's an Asian guy, so he must be like the smartest student in the block. <laughs> right? Right, yeah. Instead of you going, These oh. stereotypes. Well, right, you don't, because the stereotypes, you know, when I grew up was, oh, he's disabled, he'll never do anything. That poor kid. Because I grew up in, you know, before there was the ADA, which is the American Disabilities Act. I grew mm -hmm. up way before all that, where they didn't have to make a curb accessible. They didn't have to make buildings accessible. I grew up before all that stuff. 
That that is so interesting. It blows my mind because I I don't I haven't even thought about you know putting my perspective of what everyone around me, what my environment was like. Yeah, and you don't until you until you're hanging out with somebody. I mean, when I first got married, when I first got together with my my ex wife, she didn't realize it. How many places didn't have handicap parking? Didn't have a ramp. She didn't think about that stuff. And you wouldn't think about that stuff. Just like I wouldn't think about anything that has to do with your culture because I'm not in your culture. So I'm, and I'm not saying it's you know it's bad for me or bad for you. It's just we don't think about it because it's not in our world. What sort of uh, so you said you did eight feature films? What yeah. roles have you played? I didn't get a chance <laughs> to look at your IMDb or anything. That's all right. I played horror films. So I've done a film um, called um, Albino Farm. Uh, with um, Chris Jericho, actually. Chris Jericho, the wrestler. Yes, <laughs> that must have been interesting. That was in. Well, it was definitely interesting. It was fun. It was in 2009. Um, it was with Chris Jericho and Tamin Sursock from Young and the Restless and Pretty Little Liars, and um, it was with um, um, Son Krishbala. So it was in 2009. It was fun. It was shot in the middle of Missouri. It was very hot because <laughs> it was in July. Yeah. So that was fun. I've played that. I've played played in a film called um, – oh, my God. I'm forgetting all the films now. <laughs> it's all uh, good. No worries. You've been in a lot. Yeah. I've done a lot of just horror films. The last one I did was just last year or the year before. It just came out last year. It was called A Field Guide to Evil. And um, it was production company from the Blair Witch Project, I think. Same mm-hmm. production company. That was fun. Uh, it was shot here up here in Big Bear, and um, it was about myths in the U.S. and all over the world, I guess. Mm-hmm. But it was it's interesting, and I got to play an evil doctor. <laughs> That's so, pretty cool. Yeah, and I mean, I get you know the roles I get are, like I said, it's the creepy little guy or evil doc. I mean, in, in Albino Farm, I played it a old dwarf that was the name of my character um field guide to evil it was a creepy doctor or something evil doctor that's what it was no i've done all the scary roles and weird stuff so i'm good with that i'm not complaining at all i would just like to you know maybe move that up a little bit (laughs) yeah absolutely i mean i i think uh, especially knowing knowing you a little bit better now you know you're definitely You've definitely separated yourself from not even just disabled people, but people who are scared to even pursue their dreams in general. So, you know, you have that element, and I think that's such a powerful message that you can really share. And I'm wondering, you know, what sort of what what keeps you going, even though even though you were you grew up and you were in an environment where there wasn't as much support for disabled people, and you know, you went into finance, and then now you're taking on acting and you're taking on Hollywood. That's a, that seems like a big endeavor. What really <laughs> gets you up and just keeps you, you know, moving? Uh, well, like I said, I have two daughters, mm-hmm. so that's my big thing. Is is you know. I can't tell them that they can go do anything that they want unless I go and do anything I want. Oh, wow. So, you know, if to me is taking on Hollywood and I don't feel like I'm taking on Hollywood. Right, I'm yeah. just, I, I just feel that I'm just trying to do what I can to, you know, make my mark as far as in my own little world and yeah, positive changes. And it's, I think yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. And if somebody, 
You're right. And if, and if it does affect someone, that's awesome. But my main, my main objective is, is to show my daughters that, you know, no matter what you do, and as long as it's something you really, really want, you can do it. That's my main thing. Yeah. Are they also in the industry as well? Do they? No, no, actually my oldest is getting ready to go to college, which we're still talking about now, but anyway, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and my, my youngest is still in high school. So, and they both live in the Midwest with my ex-wife. So, okay. Midwest. Wow. Yeah. Which is where, you know, I did quite a bit of time there as far as I lived there for a while from like 98 until 2016. Uh, and, 20 years and is that when you were working in finance yeah yeah exactly i did that for 15 years oh, what kind what kind was it like were you a stockbroker or yeah <clears throat> i was a i'm still licensed i mean my license hasn't expired yet but i'm i hold um a series 7 a series 66 life insurance i mean not life insurance but uh license so right. which means that i can trade on the exchanges oh that's fantastic yeah it was fun it was it, it was it taught me a lot so and that's kind of what I'm trying to get to, you know, back to the point of what I'm trying to do in Hollywood is I can play that role. Mm-hmm. I can I can play some dude, you know, in Boiler Room. I could have been that dude, you know what I'm saying? Right, the salesperson <laughs> in Boiler Room. Exactly, because I've done that kind of sales, you know, where yeah. you call somebody up and, uh, and say, are you an investor? Great, grab a pen, let me show you something. I've done that. Right. <laughs> And so that's what I'm trying to get at is, is it doesn't matter who that person is as long as they can portray that person. That's all it is for me. For and sure. I'm trying to, and I'm trying to, you know, I want to, I want my kids to know that. So what makes me get up in the morning is the fact that I have to go, okay, how am I going to change the world today? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, let's play, let's go find something to play. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to get any older. So I'm just, you know, trying to dig life all the time. Nice. <laughs> And you mentioned you were a producer too, so so I did a film, uh, not a film, but I had done a little mini series. It's a really like risky comedy, and <laughs> it's, risky. Probably gonna, it's probably gonna get me in tr- trouble. But. Risky, offensive, or risky? It can be. Yeah, it's pretty offensive. Oh, okay, all right. Offensive and, to who? Just well, all who, people, anybody. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. I mean, because here's my, my thing is if I can't laugh at me and laugh at other people, then who can, right? Sure. So, you know, if you can't have fun at it, then don't do it. It's my theory, I guess. Uh, yeah, I wrote a, I co-wrote a comedy with a friend. It's called uh, Midget Mafia. Yeah, of okay. KC. So, yeah. So it's kind of offensive, I guess. Doesn't bother me. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if it was written, I guess if it was written by whoever portrays the characters – yeah, yes. I'm the co- I'm the star of the show though. Okay, all right. So um, it can and be seen it. on YouTube. It can be on YouTube. I'm a co-writer. It just happened that me and this friend of mine were uh, actually it was with the with the makeup artist on the film Albino Farm. We became really good friends. Nice. And Delicious. one day, yeah, one day I sent her a text and said, "Hey, we should do this and write because I just was goofing off one day and I said, let's do a a a, a joke. Are you, you you've seen the uh, uh, mob wives show the reality show I've, I've never i've never watched that show okay well good but <laughs> you've heard of it it's a re it's a really bad reality show so i i thought well how funny would it be if it was a like a midget mafia family and it's kind of a we make fun of that show basically all right so you're making fun of that show and it just happens to be right 
All right, that cool. The head, that the head of the, the mob family is, is a little person. And mm-hmm. he has, you know, another person who's little that he controls or that, you know, is like his person. And mm-hmm. then his bodyguard, who is like an eight foot tall dude or a six foot tall guy, yeah. whatever. But I mean, it's, it's, it's improv comedy. So it's sure. funny to me. It was funny. Oh, um, and, you can, and, and I totally think that, oh, we, you, so, sorry, what were you about to say? You can find it on YouTube, just put Midget Mafia um, Pilot. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's so interesting because, yeah, on one hand, you know, you are, you I know, are right? making it comedic, but on the other hand, you've also, you're also living that, that goal of yours to portray disabled people in these roles that, you know, it's the mafia leader, so it's yeah. interesting, you know, you, exactly. it just happens to be. Right, and if you go see it, um, you'll see it on, on YouTube. If you see it, you'll see that I'm not just sitting in a wheelchair complaining. I don't do that at all, ever, never have. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you'll see. I mean, if you go see it, and if you don't get offended, awesome, tell me. If you get offended, then keep that to yourself. Right. <laughs> don't leave it in the comments. Yeah. Well, then if you leave it in the comments, you'll get some some PR well, that's, that or something. That's true. That's true. If you're gonna do it, make it go viral. I'm good with that. Right there you go. <laughs> and then you can tell your story more. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But you know, the whole point of it is because I figure, you know what? I can make fun of myself, and I can make fun of anything, and and that's what we need to be doing. Everybody mm-hmm. should be making fun of everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that right now everybody's so uptight. I think that, you know, we forget that life is a joke, <laughs> <laughs> Sure. you know, and yeah. so if life is a joke, then enjoy it while you can. And that's just me. I just, you know, I'm the kind of guy that just, okay, I'm going to have fun at it. If you don't yeah. like my joke, then you don't belong in my world. <laughs> right. And I remember you saying earlier, you're doing improv now. Yeah. I, I, uh, UCB? Upright yeah. UCB? Right. I'm at UCB. Which is fun and way cool. It's I got a lot to learn. <laughs> yeah, improv so, can be tough for sure. Yeah, it's it's tough, but I I'm re- I'm ready to take. That's another challenge for me because I thought I was funny, but I'm not as funny as I thought I was. That makes <laughs> sense. <laughs> well, and, and, uh, did you mean you were funny in because com- comedy and then improv is a little bit different? Like stand up versus improv is. Pretty well, different. see, that's just the thing is I don't do stand up. My my manager says, "Have you thought about doing stand up?" I don't do that well because I, I feed off of somebody else's. I like okay. my, fun, my funny is, is if somebody says something to me, I'm going to make you laugh. No matter, no matter if it's, you know, if you're mad at me or whatever, I'm still going to make you laugh. So I, I react to what somebody else says to me. That's how my funny is. I, I don't think that, I mean, I admire people that can stand up there and, and just tell, you know, story after story and make people laugh. But I, I don't think I can do that. Not that I couldn't. I guess if I really, really wanted to, I don't like to limit myself. So eh. right, but that energy <laughs> from the other person when you're doing it right. is so powerful, which is why you're part an actor as well. You know, it's just a powerful. Exactly, thing. exactly. So I just learned it. I just know that I like to do. I want to do improv, and I think that that's, you know, it's kind of like as a guitar player, I went and took piano lessons to improve my guitar playing. So mm-hmm. improv is to improve my acting. Oh, definitely. I'll definitely improve it. So, yeah, that's kind of like, you know, my thing. And I think that that's a great way to build on my comedy. So I love going to UCB. And I'll tell you that UCB is probably one of the most diverse, easy places to get into if you're disabled or whatever have you. As far as accessibility, it's mm-hmm. awesome. It's I haven't had any any place. There's no place I haven't been able to get and 
UCB. And I've noticed that there's, I'm not the only disabled person there. So, which is awesome. So, awesome. and, and because there is a place here in Hollywood that I wanted to go take classes, but because of its location, I cannot, and I'm not going to mention its name. I mean, that sounds terrible. They're missing out on a whole, whole bunch of great people to work with. That's true. I mean, but you know, and it's, and it's a well-known place, but there's just no place you can't, there's, there's no elevator and it's straight upstairs. And I thought, you know, I first, first thing that popped in my head was, you know what, I'm going to do it anyway. But then I started going to UCB and I started meeting people from UCB and I started just educating myself on UCB. And I'm like, well, you know what, I get the same thing, if not better at UCB. Oh yeah. UCB is absolutely wonderful. I mean, you right. learn so much and they've got such a good, you know, system to, to yeah. do it and they can teach it to everybody. Right. Exactly. So it doesn't matter if you're a director or a writer or a comedian, you know, an actor and you all are together. So you're at least make, and it's, you're making not only good connections, but it just makes it funnier, I think. And, you know, I, I really appreciate it. Appreciate your time right now for, for yeah. this interview, because, you know, I got, I got to learn so much about the idea of, you know, moving forward and having, having great reasons to, because you're not only in this industry just to be an actor, but you also have this, compelling reason of wanting to to make changes and to create new paths for for disabled actors and i think that's amazing um and it's a goal yeah and you know you're you're doing it so so thinking about goals um and you also mentioned that you know you have your your daughters as well so i think that's incredible that you know you you have this great thing that you're trying to tackle in hollywood and you have this this family behind you and you know, you're, you're making new waves and, you know, talking about goals, I guess. Um, so since I, I do a lot with personal development, I'm curious, mm -hmm. what sort of goals, you know, do you, do you set for yourself regarding this vision oh. that you have or this mission that you have? Well, I do have a five-year plan right now. I mean, you can't, can't, you can't have, you know, you can't go from point A to point B unless you have a map. So, right. you know, that's, I get that. And so it, it's funny because my manager and I, right before um she left for well she left and came back just yesterday but um before the holidays before she you know the end of the before the holidays was in we had our you know okay what's our game plan for the next 12 months that kind of thing so you know my game plan by the end of this year is to at least be on you know um at least be a co-star on three on, on a network show uh, and do a, a couple commercials. That's kind of like my goal. So by March, nice. I want to be in a commercial and I want to be a guest star on a network show. That's a fantastic goal. And thanks for so, sharing that. Thank you so much for sharing that. So yeah, so don't hold me to it if it doesn't happen. It's not like I'm not working at it. Right, right. <laughs> but that's kind of like the goal. I mean, I know where I want to be in five years because- Exactly. I, but I'm not going to tell that because I told that to my agent and she thought I was a little bit crazy. So. Yeah, you, don't, you don't need to share that on there. There's definitely like visionary goals to keep going. Right, right, right. And I'm like, you know what? These are realistic goals, but, you know, maybe. But my, you know. The world's not with, ready. Right, right. It's right. A, it could be. But, you know, I was speaking with my manager and I was speaking with my agent. I was like, okay, so in the next 12 months, do you see this? as a is a doable goal and, and both of them said yes and i said okay then that's our goal so we have this this much time to do it in and so what's our plan of action so we kind of set here's our plan of action so, Wait, so you know one, 
so here that brings up an interesting question and sorry to interrupt were you able to no you're fine yeah so i'm just so curious because you know when dealing with agent manager relationships it sounds like you set a very you know good relationship and i'm i'm curious like what sort of conversations do you have and this is for an audience you know out there that might be disabled that might be you know looking to pursue a job in entertainment and maybe they did get their first agent but you know things aren't moving along what do you, what are some of your tips to have better conversations well i'll tell you a funny is, thing is, is yeah. i have a friend of mine his name is kelly perrine and um he is on um, a nickelodeon show called night squad he's one of the cast members and I, when I about two years ago, when I first got here, and I was starting to looking for like management, and I, I called him. I was like, Kelly, here's what I'm trying to do. What do you think? And he goes, Man, here's all you got to do. You just got to be. You got to find people that are on your team. That's it. You okay. don't want any. You don't want anybody that's that's gonna be. Oh well, we'll do what we can. He goes, No, you need to find somebody that is gonna be on Team Paul, and stick <laughs> with that. And, and find your teammate and make that person work for that ta- that team. Because I met with my – I'm with C-Talent right now. Um, her name is Keely Wells, and I think what she's done is pretty cool because she's like, okay, you do need a five-year plan. You don't have one, and you need to get all these things in order. So I, it, she helped me put everything together because you know when I make money, she makes money. Yep. So that's, that's the goal. So <laughs> – you know, she's like, okay, you need to have all these things. And I'm like, okay, I didn't know that, but now I do. I have all these things in place. So now that when I go have a conversation with her, I, I like, I can take, I texted her today and said, Hey, I'm going to do a podcast this afternoon. And she's like, fabulous. Great. Mm-hmm. Let me, let me know where there's a link so we can share that. So that when it's all about, you know, networking, I guess, well, it is, but you know, the conversation I have is like, I tell them what I want to do. And then they tell me, can't instead of saying oh you can't do that or that's not realistic it's more like okay what do i need to do to get there so first thing i always say is you got to have somebody on your team you gotta have somebody on your team i know people say well i've done it by myself you know i've done a lot of things by myself too but i still have people on my team you gotta have people that back you 100 and i can call my agent right now or my manager right now and say here's what i'm trying to do or what do you think? Like I got a clip the other day from a film, a short film that I did. And I was like, I don't think this is a good clip. So (laughs) should I, should I not add this to my demo reel? And she's like, no, don't add this to your demo reel. (laughs) Wow. That's so, uh, that's very candid. That's a good relationship there. But you gotta have that though. I mean, because you know, because if you second guess yourself, then somebody else is going to come back in. If somebody they're on your team, they're going to say, yeah, you you were right. Second guessing yourself. So, you know, we we joke we joked about it you know through email and she's like it is cheesy so don't put that on there so you know <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you got to have somebody that you can actually you can pick up the phone or somebody that you can send a message to and they're going to respond and say hey do this or hey hey don't do this find so, your team find your team that's your big thing mm-hmm. find your team and until you find your team you're your team. Nobody else sells you better than you. Mm-hmm. And I like that message because it's it's about finding the team, but it's focused on finding a good team, not on trying to get over the nose or anything. It's about moving straight to an objective. And I, I really like that message. And having a team is so important here. So. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you know that as an actor too. I mean, even if your your team is nothing more than, you know, you getting up. Like, 
you know, my goal, I, what I do is now is like, okay, I don't feel like that I've done enough last year. So now what do I need to do? Okay, well, now I need to like, every morning I got to get up and I got to submit this, you know, for this role, these roles. And then this afternoon, I got to check to see if I got any auditions from submitting those roles right. and see if anything else popped up this afternoon. And then, okay, now I got to go and I got to study, you know, for acting. Now I got to go study for UCB. I've got my schedule. I've set myself a schedule so that I know that I'm whatever I'm doing is getting me to from plan A to plan B. And then in the meantime, I still got my team out there, Team Paul, marketing me, sending, you know, like, because I've done, I was just in, uh, in Inspiring Lives magazine, there's an article that they just Congrats. did for um, the winter edition. You can pick it up in Barnes and Noble. Um, but I've done, you know, and then there was I just was interviewed for Voyage LA, which nice. is live. That's a great, and, great one. Yeah, so I've done, you know, four or five different online magazines or even, you know, actual physical publications, and that's because of my my manager has made these calls and said, hey, do you know about my my client? My client's doing this. Do you know that? And let's introduce you. One of my things that I'm trying to accomplish for my a group in February, what I'm trying to accomplish. I've said, hey, do you, you know, I'm doing this on February 1st. And she's like, great. Well, then we'll have these people go there too so, so that they can see you in action. Wow. So, is it a play? What is it? What is it? No, no. It's for my, my, my booking with people with disabilities. It's my – I can't really say too much about what's coming to happen sure, next. Sure. The one in February because it's going to be a little bit hush hush, but it's being held at a at a, at a large studio here in in Hollywood. And because of the casting director for that studio said, "Hey, why don't we host it here?" Mm. So yeah. Hey, and one more, you know, uh, since we're nearing the the top of the hour, and I know you have to yeah. go to UCB for an event. I am right. I am curious. So you did mention to me um, before this this. Um, audio program or before this podcast was that uh or and you even mentioned throughout the program about the sag aftra and as of right now um my understanding is that you are non-union correct i am non-union and and the reason is is because right now it can get me more work yeah and, and <laughs> i don't want to what oh yeah i don't want to go sag until i have enough work to pay for sag to, so sure. that it makes sense yeah, and I was just curious, you know, in doing non-union work, the reason why a lot of actors do go union is because, um, you know, there's a lot of protections. And I'm curious, uh, as a disabled actor, do you find, I mean, how is how is the non-union work? Do they make it, extra accommodations? or? Um, I can't answer that question because I'm not union. Oh, so, no, I meant for the non-unions. Oh, for no, I mean, no. I mean, you know, I go in, I don't, I don't. I don't address that personally. I just go in and do what I got to do. Okay. Um, I've had people ask me, do you need like help? Like when we shot for um, uh, Field Guide to Evil, I actually literally had to get out of my chair and get to get on set or where they want, you know, on my location set. Um, I got out of my chair and I had to climb up on top of this big hill where they had made this thing. But I it was my it was my choice. It wasn't, oh, well, sure. How are we? You know, we, we can't get you up there. So we're not going to shoot this scene. No, it was okay. They they brought me out there and said, "Hey, do you need help getting up there? What do you want to do? How do you want to get up there? Because that's your job." So mm -hmm. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't they didn't come out and say that, but all I thought was, "Okay, it's my job to get up the top of that hill and in costume." <laughs> yeah. So you did it. Yeah, and I did it because you know I'm not gonna like let something like that a stupid hill just stop me from doing my job. Mm -hmm. But um, as far as the union goes, I don't know what they do. Um, 
to help disabled actors. I mean, as, as far as, you know, like accommodations and stuff like that, there is a SAG diversity group and I've met, I've done, I've gone to some SAG events for diversity, for diversification, for disability. So they do host some events on a, on a, you know, throughout the time. And there is a, an actual group of people that do that. Um, and it is through SAG and they're all SAG members that are on a, a council for diversity. Yeah, I remember I went to a, it was a panel at the union and they had a, a woman who, uh, she had a uh, difficult time, I guess, I guess, challenge with, with speaking. And I, I was just so interested to, to know that there are people who are, you know, overcoming obstacles and working in this industry and even I in think, the So I think I, think I know her. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I think she's actually, um, she's a um, probably like early 40s black lady. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah, she was just on, um, she just got a role on SWAT. Wow. Yeah, and I know she's working. Like she was saying how she is working and she, you know, yeah. she pushes hard. And we're, we're actually on the same management team. Oh, she no did, way. Well, she, yeah, because when I, when she wanted to sign up with my manager, she was asking me, give me some insight. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, so she's attended my events. And yeah, she just recently, uh, like right before Christmas, got a role on SWAT. Wow, congrats to her. That's yeah, fantastic. Exactly. And the one thing that, you know, um, my friend Eileen Gruba and I preach is, you know, as disabled actors, we also have to support each other. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and I'm starting to see that there are some people that don't. But, you know, so I'm trying right. to stay, stay, stay clear of those people because I'm, I'm not a negative person. I'm not a, I don't, I don't do drama, period. Yeah. I just walk away from it. So I just, you know, I'm, I'm doing my thing. Except for in the theater. Uh, exactly. Except <laughs> for in the theater. Right. <laughs> right. I'll do it on television, theater. I'll do it on the street if you pay me. <laughs> I'm That's good awesome. either way. Yeah. Hey, well, uh, thank you so much for your time, Paul. And I just wanted to throw those things out there that you mentioned earlier. So it's facebook.com slash start start booking with uh, PWD. (laughs) And then, um, okay, so you can find me. You can find me on Facebook. It's Paul Ford Actor on Facebook, on Twitter. I'm on Instagram. Awesome. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for your time, Paul. And, you know, definitely look forward to seeing more of your projects in the future and all of you, all the things that you have going on for you right now through 2019. I wish you the best. Yeah. Keep watching. You might see me on network. Yeah. <laughs> look forward to it. Awesome, man.